Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you back to another installment of H2 Tech Talk. Uh, today we have Sanjay Shrestha, um, the CSO for Plug Power. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, so how do you feel about Sierra Week so far this year? Um, so far, so good. I mean, it is good to see that there is an increasing level of attention towards the um, hydrogen as a key part to meeting our energy transition and sustainability goals. Right? Well, one thing that I would say that's interesting is there's a lot of different opinion, a lot of different thoughts about timing of it, economics of green hydrogen. So, uh, you know, so it's, it's been a pretty good two days so far. Of course. All right. And you gave a presentation already, haven't you? Not yet. I am actually going to do a panel later today. And I'm also going to be doing a panel tomorrow. And, um, you know, Andy did actually, um, you know, speak at a panel yesterday. And uh, so today's panel is going to be about can we meet the future demand, right? So that's one of the topics that's happening later today. And tomorrow is uh, about um, how do you really build the hydrogen infrastructure. So that's going to be at the main stage. I see. So for those who couldn't be at Sarah Week, do you want to give a, a brief summary of um, kind of the topics? Yeah, so look, I mean, I think uh, we have a pretty, you know, um, you know, pretty straightforward view of the role of green hydrogen and white matters, right? When you really think about who we are as a company, we at Plug, we're trying to build a green hydrogen ecosystem. From our point of view, green hydrogen is not the fuel of the future. It's here, it's today. It's economical. We're building the plants, we're making it happen. And our goal here is to make sure that green hydrogen is economical, ubiquitous, and it's easy. So that the customers, every different industry, anybody who's adopting our fuel cell application, anybody who's already using gray hydrogen, actually can feel a level of comfort that it, there is going to be a green hydrogen supply that's economical versus gray hydrogen, and they can really get started today. So this is not something about five years later, not something about 10 years later. You know, look, and I think at Plug, right, we, have, we feel very good about the fact that we build the first viable and successful market for the hydrogen fuel cell which is what allows us to have the most number of fuel cell system in the field. That's allowed us to become the company that actually uses hydrogen as a fuel, one of the largest users of liquid hydrogen in the world. We've run this system for over one billion hours, right? So when we think about hydrogen, we just want to think about hydrogen as the fuel of the future. It's here today. You got to get it started. It's not about, well, let's talk about it. Let's discuss this. What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? We're building these plants, many of them. We want to have 500 tons of liquid hydrogen production by the end of 2025. All right. So I see you, you skipped 10,000 hours and went straight for the 1 billion hours. Wow, that's just um, right for it there. So <laughs> it, it, was an, it was not an overnight uh, success. We've been at it for 25 years. And the first 10 years of the company has been really trying to think about what market makes sense, right? You know, which market actually we should go after? Where does it make a lot of sense for the hydrogen and fuel cell to really be adopted in a meaningful manner? So when you really think about it, look, I, you know, it's, it's a very good question on your part, right? So certainly wasn't trying to skip from 10,000 to a billion hour. Having, having said that, uh, you know, in the, think about plug-in sort of like evolution of the company in this way. The first decade of the company after the company went public was really trying to identify what is that right commercial market. Then when you think about the second decade between 2010 to 2019 or 2020, we got the first viable, commercial, meaningful market right for hydrogen fuel cell. Now when you think about us between now and the end of this decade, we're really focusing on building the green hydrogen ecosystem. Make sure that the cost of hydrogen continues to go down, total cost of ownership for hydrogen fuel cell continues to improve, and you know, we're on path of this, you know, really being able to deliver like 50% kind of an annual growth rate between now and till the end of the decade. 
Right, fantastic. So I guess I'll ask, what, what are the benefits for uh, liquefaction as far as, uh, well, as opposed to gaseous hydrogen? Great question. So uh, liquid hydrogen becomes a lot more meaningful when you need to think about storage, when you need to think about transportation, right? So, uh, but if you're doing, let's say, uh, you know, 100-mile drive, and if you're actually using for the application that does not need necessarily high-purity hydrogen, Gaseous hydrogen is perfectly fine. If you do an on-site generation in case of, let's say, refining industry, in case of ammonia manufacturing, in case of methanol industry, gaseous hydrogen will be perfectly okay if you're producing it on-site. But the minute you need to start thinking about storage, the minute you need to start thinking about going over 100-mile driving distance, that's where the economics of transporting hydrogen by a liquid form is much more meaningful than really transporting as a gaseous form. Fair enough. So what cycle do you guys use, actually? Yeah, so look, I mean, you know, you might have seen us announce, um, you know, some of the liquefaction uh, wins with uh, companies like TC Energy, right? So we're very pleased with that partnership. And uh, one of the reasons why um, we believe we've been selected is because we have one of the best uh, energy efficiency when you think about it. The amount of the energy needed using our liquefaction technology, how much electricity you need to convert one kilogram of hydrogen into the liquid form, we're actually, you know, at about 103 kilowatt hour of electricity per converting that gaseous hydrogen into liquid hydrogen. So if you're using a helium loop, helium cycle, that number would be substantially higher than that, right? So the way we do it is, it's actually pretty straightforward. We use nitrogen gas as a pre-coolant, then we use hydrogen cycle from a liquefaction perspective, right? So that's really what we do. And because of that, you know, it allows us to have a less turbo expander. We only use about four turbo expanders. So the amount of the energy needed to convert gaseous hydrogen into liquid hydrogen allows us to really build a very efficient system from a liquefaction perspective. Well, how about the electrolyzers? Are we using alkaline, um, PEM? Uh, what's the deal there? Yeah, so... So we're a PEM fuel cell company. That's the, that's the basis of how Plug really got started. So our electrolyzer is also a PEM-based electrolyzer. And, uh, and look, I mean, I think we obviously always look at what are the merits and the value that can be there from an alkaline technology perspective. But our focus is really on PEM. Now, why PEM is probably the question you might have in your mind, right? And the reason is because when you... So let's take a step back and think about green hydrogen, right? So the way you produce green hydrogen is by using renewable electricity. And when we then think about the renewable energy industry, and when you really think about what has happened to that industry in the last decade, you know, if you and I were having this conversation 15 years ago, you know, I mean, I'm sure there would have been some skepticism if we said that wind power could be as low as the cost of coal electricity from a levelized cost of energy perspective. That's real now, right? When you think about the levelized cost of solar energy, who would have thought that it would be as low as the cost of combined cycle gas fired power plant from an LCOE perspective? That's real now, right? So when you then think about the LCOE cost reduction trajectory of renewable industry, how that industry has scaled, where that can go, and that is the highest variable and the input cost to produce green hydrogen. Now, renewable by nature is intermittent, right? And with PEM technology, you can load follow much better than you can do that with any other electrolyzer technology. So that's a big advantage you get in terms of really being able to integrate your electrolyzer with the renewable load, number one. Number two, when you then think about supply chain, you got to really think about, uh, you know, we don't think about this as like we're trying to build the best fuel cell supply chain or best fuel cell manufacturing. 
we're trying to build the best supply chain and best manufacturing out there, right, for the energy industry. So when then you think about the supply chain, there's a lot of synergies and the leverage you can have between our fuel cell business as well as our electrolyzer business to drive the cost down, right? And within our fuel cell system, we've been in this learning curve where every time we've actually doubled the number of installed based out in the field, we've reduced the cost by about 25%. So we have our Gigafactory in Rochester that is on track to produce almost one gigawatt of electrolyzer this year. We've gotten the manufacturing right. We also actually announced this partnership with Johnson Matthew, which puts us in a really good position to have access to all the precious metal needed. You know, it's a fantastic partnership. We're looking at scaling up in multi-gigawatt. We're looking at building potentially as big as 10 gigawatt of manufacturing plant together focused on the electrolyzer side, right? So that's where we believe PEM will come down the cost curve much faster. PEM has a much better benefit from integrating with the renewable load, and that's why our focus on electrolyzer is really on the PEM side. Fair enough. So you mentioned precious metals there just now. Do you foresee that being an issue uh, moving forward? I mean, I don't want to sit here and say it's not an issue at all, right? It's something we pay a lot of attention to, but uh, there is a lot of um, precious metal used even in the uh, IC engine. Right? That can be recycled. And that's why we're thinking about managing supply chain and making sure that we keep reducing the content of that precious metal. We've already done that successfully on our fuel cell side. We will certainly do that also on the electrolyzer side. So the content of that precious metal will continue to go down to a point where even when the prices go up, it would not end up impacting our COGS line as much, you know, fast forward next several years. I see. So. We talked about the precious metal problem. Um, are there any other issues in the hydrogen supply chain that you see uh, as we move forward to the climate goals? Look, I mean, I think uh, supply chain needs to continue to grow, right? And we're very focused on that. You got to make sure that the manufacturing is continuing to grow. And when you think about the scale of how big this green hydrogen industry can be, you know, because uh, let's, just, let's not forget one simple stat here, right? if uh, we believe green hydrogen can be an absolute um, displacement to diesel. If you think about that in a class seven and class eight truck market, that is an incremental demand of 200,000 tons per day of green hydrogen. Think about the amount of renewable you need for that. Think about the amount of electrolyzer you need for that, right? Now, today, liquid hydrogen market is 300 tons per day. We're gonna be bigger than the entire industry by 2025 with our 500 tons per day. And that's just a number in a point in time. We're probably gonna to continue to grow, right? We're talking about 1,000 tons per day in, you know, on a global basis between US and Europe by 2028. Now, when you think about the gaseous hydrogen market being used in refining ammonia and methanol industry, that's like almost 25,000 tons per day, right? So that's a pretty substantial market. And then again, another thing you need to think about is what happens if you start to blend hydrogen into the gas pipeline. Even 5% blend of that would be like another 30,000 tons per day of incremental hydrogen demand, right? So the market is pretty substantial. So we are trying to make sure that we're focused on supply chain in a right way, manufacturing in a right way, cost reduction roadmap in a right way, and making sure that we're being able to leverage all the learnings with the plans that we're building, right? And that's the difference, Tyler. When we talk about timeline, when we talk about cost reduction, these are not aspirational goals, right? We're actually doing it and we're doing it today. So when you're actually out in the field doing something, there are challenges you realize that maybe you haven't even thought about. But the benefit and the challenge of that actually is you've run into a challenge, but you now have thought through how to mitigate that. So you can anticipate that in your plan number two, 
plant number three, and you, that allows you to keep getting things done better, keep driving the cost down, and keep moving this green hydrogen industry forward. So you all are basically ahead of the curve already being out on the field. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how far Plug goes in the future and you know where we are 2028, 20, 2030, and beyond. So uh, it, it, you opened another can of worms that I can ask several other questions about, but I'm not going to do that to you. I know you uh, have places to be. Uh, so I appreciate you taking a moment out of your time during Sarah Week today to you know speak to our audience. No, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time. And look, I think, um, you know, we believe that we build a foundation that allows us to really grow green hydrogen to a massive energy business that really allows us to introduce and uh, grow a lot of our fuel cell application business. Green hydrogen needs to be a part of this solution if we really want to meet our energy transition and sustainability goals. It's a must. So we're heads down, focused on execution, and hopefully we can continue to keep the lead that we have in the industry for our foreseeable future. All right. Wow. Well. Thank you very much for a very robust um, conversation here. I feel like you got a lot said in a short amount of time. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. Well, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in for another installment of H2 Tech Talk. Please remember to share and subscribe. And thanks for stopping by.